everyone, this is Professor Jarvik, and I'm going to do a podcast on clotting, our concept of clotting pharmacology. So I'm going to start with anoxaparin. As we talked about in class, anoxaparin is a low molecular weight heparin, <clears throat> and we usually give that subcutaneously. And um, as we talked about it in class, the air bubbles should not be expelled from the pre-filled syringes because that makes sure that they get their entire dose because that is actually a weight-based medication. Um, We should give it um, in the abdomen, um, on the sides of the abdomen, somewhere in the lateral area. And when you give it, you should hold pressure after you give it. Of course, I always tell my patients because it it can burn a tiny bit, never to rub it because they can... um, have increased bruising from that. Um, and um, that's really kind of the biggest thing about that one. Um, the next medication that I am going to talk about is heparin. And I know we've talked about heparin at nauseum. Um, but talking about heparin, subcutaneous is usually used for <clears throat> DVT prophylaxis versus the heparin drip is when we use it when somebody actually has a DBT or they have a pulmonary embolism or as we talked about in the past with atrial fibrillation. And so making sure that um, heparin, the layup value that we would monitor for that, um, from the ECLEX standpoint, it's the APTT. And if we have a heparin level greater than 70, that is like consider kind of like a medical emergency though. So that's high. Um, it's dangerous for the patient. And so thinking about patients that are on heparin, of course, we want to make sure that they don't fall, right? If they fall with heparin and they hit their heads, then we can end up with some sort of traumatic brain injury with like a subdural hematoma or an epidural bleed or <clears throat> problems with that. So making sure that we're keeping a close eye on those patients and then all the teaching that we would do. Um, you know, not to shave with a razor. Um, I'm trying to think what some of the other ones are. Um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head is um, careful with razors. They need to use soft toothbrushes. You know, all those bleeding things we do for the warfarin and that too. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, the reversal agent for heparin is protamine sulfate. And so protamine sulfate is the medication we might give if the heparin level is, the APTT is too high. Um, And then the other lay of value that can be used is anti-factor XA. I know that's what Christ uses. To my knowledge, the NCLEX is still testing about the APTT though. All right. Um, of course, with any of these um, anticoagulants like heparin or warfarin, uh, the biggest risk is bleeding. So always monitoring the patient for bleeding, whether we're checking for guaiac stools, we're checking for bloody stools, we're checking for new weird bruises, level of consciousness changes, right? Because we could have like a bleeding head and not know it. <clears throat> so anything that you can think of that potentially could bleed, those are the things we're assessing for. Now, warfarin, again, we've talked about this a lot. Um, Warfarin, the layup value that we are looking for for it to be therapeutic is the protime in INR. And depending on why they're on it, um, they're going to want that 
uh, INR to be somewhere between two to three and a half. And that, that's totally going to depend. And I don't expect you to know which level for which um, disorder. Um, there are a ton of interactions with a lot of drugs and even some herbal issues. So like amiodarone, fluconazole, erythromycin, metronidazole, um, your sulfonamide antibiotics. Um, all of those increase the, the or potentiate that INR. <clears throat> so when you add that, then you really have to be careful. Um, the other things are like um, aspirin, NSAIDs, <clears throat> garlic, ginkgo, St. John's wort. I mean, <clears throat> truly the list just goes on and on. Of course, we want them to have a consistent um, amount of vitamin K in their diet. And of course, we know that vitamin K is usually our leafy green vegetables, kale, spinach, collard greens. Um, so it's not that they can't have that, but um, they just have to have a consistent amount of that per day. <clears throat> um, and then the reversal agent for warfarin is, of course, vitamin K. And the generic name of that is phytonodiam. Now, some antiplatelet drugs that I want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> um, clopidogrel. So clopidogrel is an antiplatelet medication, and um, <clears throat> that one, um, they're usually going to take, you want to make sure that they're not taking any other type of antiplatelet platelet medications, and so with that one, <clears throat> you're going to want to monitor the platelet levels on that person. Um, same thing with aspirin, um, because it can affect aspirin. Sorry, because aspirin can affect platelets, you want to monitor the um, platelet level for aspirin as well. Um, of course, contraindications for any antiplatelet drugs would be like an allergy to it, um, leukemia, gastric ulcers, thrombocytopenia, which means we have too little platelets. <clears throat> and of course, if they've had a recent stroke, right, we don't want to um, increase their chance for them bleeding. Let's see. Aspirin, um, I kind of talked about this one already. Um, so with aspirin, <clears throat> um, we don't want to give that to children because of the risk for Rye syndrome, uh, especially if they would have a... Um, fever um, that can really cause some, some major issues for them. So generally, it's just better to not use aspirin for, for kiddos. Um, let's see. And then Alteplase, um, we've talked about this before. Um, just remember, Alteplase is one of the things that can break up a clot. Heparin and warfarin do not actually break up the clot. They um, just help stop that clotting cascade. We've talked about once we start that clotting cascade that that can potentiate <clears throat> and then that can cause some problems for them. So um, unless we actually give Ultaplace, then um, the other medications are going to prevent clots, not actually break them down. And of course, there's a lot of um, contraindications and all that for Alteplase, but that's not one of our biggest um, 
focuses for this unit. Um, of course, anybody who's getting these medications, we're going to you know, be monitoring vital signs, looking for that lowering in the blood pressure, increasing in that um, heart rate, <clears throat> making sure that there are any of those um, problems with that. Um, let's see, is there anything else I wanted to say? I think that is um, really the um, the biggest things for the clotting, and then I will get a um, cellular regulation one put together for you um, too. So I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, um, send me an email. Thanks.